Hey friend, I'm Mike McCurry. This is Bible Tract Echoes. Thank you so much for joining me. You know, a little over a year ago, I had the opportunity to step into a nursing home and to walk to the room of a lady named Jeanette Hayslip. It was a final time I would be there. I didn't know it at the time, but she was about 107 years old. I'll be honest with you, I truly think she could live to 110 or beyond, but she began to have just a little bit of a health issue and just some different things cascade, and she passed away a little over a year ago. The reason I was there was not just to talk about the fact that she was 107 years young, though that would by itself be enough to talk about. I was talking to her because she knew Paul Levine. The founder of this ministry, his name's Dr. Paul Levine. Back in 1938, Bible Tracks Incorporated was birthed because this man followed the will of God. And now 85 years later, we're still reaping the benefits. But along the way, there were many people that helped this ministry, that were blessed in this ministry, whether they were employees or volunteers or just people that came alongside, partners of the ministry. There are many people listening right now. You are a partner of this very ministry, and to you I say thank you so much. But Miss Hayslip, she was here, not in this very building, but she was a part of Bible Tracks. She may be still one of the longest tenured employees of this ministry. She was the secretary, the executive secretary, if you want to say that, for over two decades. And to God be the glory, she was so faithful. You realize two decades out of a 107-year life was really maybe just a blip to her. But no, in all seriousness, she was so sharp mentally. Maybe a little hard of hearing, had to speak up just a little bit, and she would maybe read my lips a little bit. But when she got the question, understood it, she was so very sharp. It was amazing. Honestly, I was a little bit incredulous that she was, at her age, still so on the ball. Got to sit there with her daughter, Miss Wheatley. Miss Wheatley, if you're listening right now, we love you and your family. So thankful for what you mean to us. But as I think about Miss Hayslip, in the legacy she left, she did leave it because she's now in heaven. I think of Dr. Paul. 1995, he preached a message titled, Are You Afraid to Die? Well, Dr. Paul was not. He passed away about a year later in 96, and we have the benefit of hearing this very message from 95 on the broadcast today. I'm going to ask you, would you tune your ears? Here we are in the middle of the week. Would you listen to this man of God as he speaks to us about this very question, this thought? You know, we want heaven, but we don't want to die, do we? Dr. Paul addresses that. He also gives us a little peek behind the curtain. He tells us about a dream he had where he dreamed about heaven. Listen in. Well, what's the matter with us anyhow? Don't, don't we want to go to heaven? Of course we want to go to heaven. Well, uh, let me ask you another question. Supposing, how many would like to have Jesus Christ come back tonight, take us all to heaven right now? Let's see your hands. Sure you would. My hand's up on that one, boy. Absent from the body, present with the Lord, the dead in Christ that shall rise in. And then we, we are trial alive and remain so caught up together in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Now, if we could go to heaven that way, we'd all like to go tonight. But if we got to die to get to heaven, we're going to wait a while. Now, that's just the way we are. 
<laughs> and there's no use trying to evade it and try to be real pious and holy and say, no, that's not the way it is. I want to die right now. No, we don't want to die right now if we think about it. We want to wait a while before we die and suffer a little bit more and cry a little bit more. See? Okay. Now, that's just the way they are because death is an enemy. I remember one time I had a, I had a horrible dream. It was like a nightmare. And I dreamed that I had died. And so my wife and I got in the car, and we we're going to go down to the funeral parlor and view the body. So I, it was very real. I remember driving up there at, uh, in front of the funeral parlor. There's a long sidewalk going up to a couple of glass doors. And Dorothy and I walked up there and, and went through those doors. Right straight ahead, we saw a casket. So we walked up to that casket and looked in there. Sure enough, there I was, see, lying there. I don't know if I was smiling or not, but I was sure dead. And we, we stood there looking at me a little while, and I started to cry. And I said to Dorothy, I said, uh, you're not crying. I said, how come you're not crying? I said, don't you miss me? And she said, yes. She said, yes, I miss you, but I, I live closer to the Lord than you do, and I can take this better than you can. Well, we stood there for a little while, decided to leave, and so we turned around, went down that sidewalk, and when we got to, to the car, I'm always a good gentleman in my dream, so I opened the car door for her, you know, and she got in the car, and just as she's getting in the car, I said, I forgot something, I got to go back. So I went back, and went back to that casket, and, and I took my right hand, and I moved my right hand over down here like this, so I could get in his pocket. And I reached in his pocket, and there was a whole bunch of $1 bills in there. And I got them all out of there, and I, started, I stood there by the casket, and I counted them. And this was way back in the early 50s. And you know, there was 63. I don't know why, but there was 63 $1 bills. That would be like $500 now. Boy, that's when I knew I was dreaming, when I had all that money. <laughs> I counted all those 63 $1 bills and put, put it in my pocket, put my hand back where it belonged, Went back out, and just as I'm getting in the car, I woke up. And I want to tell you something, I didn't sleep all night after that. See? That's the way death is. <laughs> death is an enemy. And if you fear death, don't think that uh, there's something wrong with you. Now, we're going to get to another verse here in just a minute. Let me want one more illustration first. I grew up on the farm, so you'll have, you don't blame me if I use the corny illustrations. Here's a, you remember what Paul said? Paul says, I have a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Now, first of all, remember something. He was not talking about the rapture. He was not talking about when Jesus Christ comes to take us to be with himself. He's talking about dying in this passage. You say, I know that. Because he says, I have a desire to depart and be with Christ, but I also have another desire not to depart and be with Christ and be here with you. Now, if he'd been talking about the rapture, the coming of Christ, they'd all been gone. So he's just talking about himself dying, see? Now he says, I have a desire to depart and be with Christ which is far better. That's what he said. Now let's imagine we're back on the farm and uh, there's a cow standing in the field. And this cow is looking over the fence into another field. And the cow's talking to herself. And let's imagine now you can understand cow language. And you can hear this cow talking to herself. And this cow says, I have a desire to depart from this field and go into that field over there where the grass is greener and longer. And this cow really has a desire to get into other field. Now, let's say that uh, when I was a kid, instead of having gates around the field, 
All they'd have to do is dig a little trench where the gate would be and put some iron bars across there and bossy, the car wouldn't, wouldn't cross that. Now, the cars may be different in this county, but that's the way they were in Rock Island County, where I lived as a boy. They dig a ditch, or if the ditch was already there, they just put some iron bars, some rail, grating of any kind, and the cars wouldn't cross it. You just wouldn't do it. No, sir. You couldn't talk them into it. All right. So this car says, I have a desire to depart, and uh, from this field and be in that field, which is far better. So you say to the cow, that's my field over there. And I don't mind if you go over there. If you want to leave this field and go over in that field, you just go right on over there. There's, there's, there's the opening in the fence. Go right on there. And the cow says, thank you, sir. And the cow starts out and comes to this grating. And the cow stops. The cow's got four-wheel brakes. And the cow stops immediately and will not cross that grating. Now, what's the matter with that cow? Does that cow want to get in the other field? Yes. Does that cow want to get in the other field right now? Yes. But the cow says, if I, no matter how much I want to get in that field, right now, if I've got to cross that thing to get there, I'll stay right over here where the field isn't so nice. That's the way we are. If we could go to heaven tonight without dying, we all want to go to heaven. But if we all want to go to heaven, and we all want to go to heaven now, but if we, if we have to go across death to get there, we'll just stay here a while. That's the way we are. Now let's turn to another passage. Let me show you something. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter, boy, this is tremendous for me. I don't know how it'll be for you, but this sure does help me. Now, if I pre ever preach this here before, you'll have to pardon me. I'm getting a little old now. I'm like two fellows were talking, one of them said the other. Now, they shook hands. They said, now listen, said, I'm, I'm a little bit forgetful. Was that you who died or was that your brother? I've forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> what a blessing it is to hear from a man like Dr. Paul. You know, to know him was to love him. I never had the opportunity personally to meet him, but that's what I'm told by so many. Not just those on the outside, not just those that howdied with him at conferences and camps, but by his very own family. Those that knew him best remember him so fondly. What a legacy to leave. That's an example hard to live up to, but worth the effort. I recall a man whose pulpit ministry, honestly, I'd model myself after, a phenomenal speaker, but he was just a young man many years ago at Bill Rice Ranch, and Dr. Paul looked up, he was working on something, maybe signing someone's Bible or something, and he looked up this young 20-something-year-old and said, oh, hello, sir, I sit down here, I've been meaning to talk to you, and he made, to realize Dr. Paul, he was the man. He was the guy. He was, people had so much respect for him, and rightly so, especially towards the end of his life. And, but Dr. Paul made this guy feel like a million bucks just by taking a few moments, just by investing in him. What a testimony. And this man, now into his 60s, remembers that interaction from 40 plus years ago and in small part has modeled himself after Dr. Paul. What a legacy. What a heritage. It's something we're trying, we're endeavoring to continue here at BTI. We don't want to just be known for classy and high-quality gospel tracks. We want to be known for classy, compassionate, and high-quality interactions with you. Thank you, by the way, to each and every one of you that has tuned in today. I'm excited about the fact that we get to continue this discussion, this message, Are You Afraid to Die, throughout the remainder of this week. Just two more segments left. But I must ask you, as I already have the previous two days, are you afraid to die? 
Maybe you're a Christian. You know, I haven't made this plea yet. Maybe you're a Christian and you'd say, I, I, I believe I'm saved. I know I'm saved, but I still have doubts. I still have, I'm not sure. I'm afraid to die. I'd love to speak to you about that. If I can be a help in any way, honestly, if you're listening right now and you have a question about your eternal destiny, whether you consider yourself a Christian or not, or maybe you're listening and you have a question for me as the director of this ministry, if you can't get an answer from me, I don't know who you can. And so I'm not afraid of your questions. In all sincerity, I want them. And if you have a question, a comment, even a critique, I love criticism. You know why? Because it's there to make you better. And there's always a grain of truth in every critique and every correction. So I'd love to hear from you. You can text me at 309-316-7240. Again, that number is 309-316-7240. I'm Michael McCurry. This has been Bible Track Echoes. Join us tomorrow. Have a great day for his glory. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample booklet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 130, Dwight, Illinois, 604 A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.